Good morning, church. Good morning, OOH. How are we doing this morning? I'll ask again because no one responded. How are we doing this morning, church? I'll try. I'll try to preach today. Um, can you turn to somebody and say hi to them? Say hi. Hey, and then the second round draft pick, can you turn to the other person that you ignored and say hi to them too? You know, isn't, isn't that kind of funny? It's like, it's like a huge dilemma. Like, in my opinion, there's like, you got someone here that you like, and then you got someone here, you're like, are they turning my way? Or wh which way do I turn? Pastor says, hi. Well, my name is Dustin Wharton, and uh, I am the worship and youth pastor here. And uh, today I'll be bringing the message. Uh, I hope the Lord speaks to you today. I know that He will. Um, despite me, to some extent, God wants to speak to your heart today. Let's take a second and just uh, think about the Lord. Think about His love. Take a moment, man. Think about some people in your life. Think about people. The Christian faith is all about people. Think about, I don't, I don't want to get you discouraged today, but think about people that might be lost that you know. And, and I know that's kind of like a biblical phrase, and it's kind of even often scary, but people that don't know Jesus. People that have, I mean, they, they don't have hope. They don't have any answers to life while they're here, any purpose, any meaning. There, there's people like that, and there might even be people in this room that are like that coming to church today in a thing that we call church that was never intended to be this way based on the ecclesia that God created in Acts. And you come to church searching. Where's my hope? Where is the purpose? Where's the meaning? The world's going down the drain. All the, all the, we just have a list of them, right? All these things. How could I believe in God with all, with all these things? And I don't know where you come in today. I don't know what your life looks like. But I want to kind of talk to the Christians today. And if you're not a Christian, you're kind of off the hook. You just listen as a bystander. And maybe, just maybe, something that I say will be attractive to you that you'll want to be a part of this too. I'm talking about the way of love. Interesting topic, right? What is love today? Like Pastor Tim said last week, as Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? We can ask the same question about what is love, right? Is love tolerance? Is love coexisting? What does love look like? Is it just mushy? Is it lust? Is it strong? Is it soft? What is love? I'm here to tell you today that love is perfectly Jesus. The way that Jesus lived, the way that Jesus walked, the way that He served, the way that He talked to people, the way that He went out of His way, the way that He wasn't in a hurry, the way of love is exactly and inseparable to the way of Jesus. 
Maybe we need to take a second and like men in black it and like just forget everything we've ever heard. And just and just think red letters, Jesus, what did Jesus look like? What was the way that he lived? How did he talk? The way of love. Let's pray. Father, I pray as we enter in on this journey for 30 minutes, God, that you speak to Your people, Your sons and Your daughters. May they open up to the awareness of the reality of who You are through this wretched man that I am speaking this message. Jesus, have Your way in this room. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So have you ever compared yourself to someone and felt, you know, I'm nowhere near that, but I want to be like that. Raise your hand. I want to be... Yeah, 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 cool. Hopefully everybody. Uh, unless you're just the bomb. You're the best. Uh, no one says that anymore. Um, so for me, growing up, I wanted to be like my brother. Uh, my dad, you know, I wanted to be like him, but he was kind of like untouchable. If anybody knows Timmy Wharton, he's like just the untouchable man. Um, but I wanted to be like my brother. He was bigger than me. He was stronger than me. He was better at sports than me. And I was thinking, you know, there's, there's one thing that he wasn't better than me at. And it was being imaginary. <laughs> being creative, like with myself. Like, I don't know if Tyler could hang with me. Like, just my mind and the way that I could just like, I could be any, I could be Michael Jordan. I could be, I mean, I, I, I guess LeBron James, but I, I could be all these people I'm like, not think I could shoot with my right and my left. It could be whatever player I wanted to be. No, but there's, there's these people in your life, I don't know about you, but that like comparison's a good thing, you know? It kind of like raises the bar, raises the standards. See, social media, I think, is like a poisonous thing to comparison, right? Because it's like our best and like it's our filtered version of everything. Yeah, like let's just be real with each other. It, it, it poisons this, this comparison of like how many followers, like, like the stats speak for themselves. But I believe in another realm, there's this, there's this comparison. I don't know what that is. There's this comparison that's, that's, that's good for us. Listen, like that raises the bar, raises the standard, like, like a role model. And there's a couple of those people in my life today, uh, besides my dad and my brother, people that I, that I read or I listen to. And one is Mr. Rogers. And one is Bob Goff. Have you ever heard of Bob Goff? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm reading this book right now. I read Love Does a couple years ago. Reading Everybody Always. Anybody read that book? Oh, phenomenal book. I, I challenge everybody in this room to read that book. But there's these people and the way that they live that, that when we place our lives next to them, it, it gives us this, I want to be like that. I want to be like that. And Bob Goff and Mr. Rogers are people like that. Let me give you a couple quotes um, by these guys. These guys inspired this message. Mr. Rogers, love isn't a state of perfect caring. It is an active now like struggle. To love someone is to strive to accept that person exactly the way he or she is right here and now. And to go on caring even through the times that may bring us pain. Mr. Rogers was entirely inspired by Jesus. And Bob Goff, if we want a kingdom, then we start the way grace did. By drawing a circle around everyone and saying they're in. 
Kingdoms are built from people up. There's no set of plans. Just Jesus. So if you're here today, you're listening to me. Maybe you came for the first time and you're wondering or wondering whether I fit in. Is this the right place for me? Is this home? I want to tell you, in the Kingdom of God, in His big circle and big family, you have the opportunity just to sit in. You are not going to be judged. We have called you. You can sit as long as you want. And move home, we say, all our goal is is to make a home and environment for Jesus to love on people. It's not about forcing someone to change. Just keep them coming. Keep them coming. A place where they feel hope and purpose. Just keep them coming in the door. That's what it's all about. You are in. (laughs) Whether you like it or not. So we ask God's kingdom come in this place. Let His will be done. So these guys are great. Bob Goff, Mr. Rogers, whoever it is in your life. But you know the person that we're supposed to be comparing to is Jesus. When is the last time you set your life up and compared it to Jesus' life? His rhythms, His practices, the way that Jesus lived. Interesting thought. Let's turn to Matthew 22. And let's read these things that Jesus says. I think that's where we need to start today. Matthew 22, starting in verse 34. I don't believe that I'm saying anything new to you today. Um, Maybe just refresh your memory, hopefully, and uh, get, get us on right course. So Jesus, uh, the Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection, life after death. And Jesus had just ended a conversation with them saying that God from the beginning, Yahweh, when He said, I am, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was meaning, I am the God now. He's not a God of the dead, but of the living. And so they said, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, verse 34, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested Him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Every part of your being. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. I I, I feel like the guy's like, oh wow, that, that is awesome, Jesus. You said that verse from Deuteronomy. That's good. And Jesus almost cuts him off and says, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 40, crazy verse. All the law and the prophets hang on the... Can you say hang? Hang on these two commandments. What commands did Jesus give? Love and love. Love and love. Jesus had a perfect understanding of these two inseparable entities. The vertical and horizontal relationship. They were, to Jesus, completely inseparable. They were. You, you can't take the one without the other. He says, and the second is, is like it. As, as Jesus said, another is coming like me. The Holy Spirit, who is exactly like Jesus, is coming after me. That's the same idea. This vertical and horizontal. 
Let me ask you, if we talk vertical and horizontal, what kind of weighs more in our life? I think a lot of the church today, a lot of myself, even just the way that I was raised and my zeal for the Lord has been very unbalanced. It's all about isolation. It's all about solitude and like this monk mentality of like getting, getting, getting all I have for the Lord. And then I walk about and I miss every single person that God wants me to share His love and to shine for Him around me. It is this balance. They're two inseparable things. So why don't we live this way? Why don't I live this way? Because of sin. Sin is our hindrance. It is. And I want to tell you, under the new covenant that Jesus offers to us, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't. Let's look at Hebrews 12. You probably know this verse if you've been in church for a little while. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. How could you say that? Because if the Son sets you free, He sets you free. Is the cross enough for you or not? Is His grace sufficient? Is His power made perfect in your weakness? So then let's throw off. Let's lay aside every sin. I think a lot of times we can't get this inseparable thing down is because we're so focused on our internal struggle. Right? High school students, where are you? Middle school uh, adults. We're so focused on getting ourselves right. Things that Jesus has paid it all for. We're so concerned about, oh, like, like, if I just got over this sin, or if I just got over this temptation, and maybe, maybe, just maybe we're all, we ought to believe that Jesus has set us free and walk in that freedom. Walk, I'm not going to be bound by my sin and my shame. That's why Romans 8 1 is so important. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So we walk in freedom, and now we can actually look out. What are the commands? Love and love. What about that is internal? Nothing about that is focused on our internal struggle and our, our introspective nature. No, the new covenant is all about out and out, out and out. So Dustin, how, how, how do I get there? Like, like if I believe that my, my sin is forgiven, yeah, we talked about it, right? Abiding, yeah, that's important. But there's a balance, there's, a, there's an abiding, then what do we do with it? We, we bear fruit. And we go and we look and we love and we love and we love and we love. That's the call of Jesus. That's the call we're supposed to live. Maybe sin being our hindrance is... It, it doesn't have to be that way. A lot of times we're, we're, we're mixing covenants that we need to continue to talk about and continue to emphasize that, that Jesus has brought a, a new covenant to us. A covenant of love that our sins are completely forgiven. So why are, we, why are we letting it catch us up so easily? Let's continue. And let us run with perseverance. So he says, let us throw off everything that hinders. And the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. What? Fixing our eyes on the red letters of Jesus. Fixing our eyes Spiritually speaking, on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, 
For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And this verse 3 is very significant. Because of a lot of us say, like, that's great, but, but look at this. Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinners. Such persecution from those around Him. So we're like, how are we, we called to love and to live like Jesus when everyone around us is, man, saying terrible things about us. Cutting us down and discouraging us. Jesus, consider Him. Think about this. Who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose your heart. Consider Him in the midst of all of it. How He walked and stepped into the will of God and the purpose for His life in the midst of all the persecution and did not lose heart. Pastor Tim says some amazing things, but one thing that I'll never forget is when he said maybe the whole goal of going through life is to stand at the end and say, my love for Jesus is sweeter today than it ever was. At the end of our life. Consider Jesus so that we do not lose heart. Love and love. How do I know this is true? How do I know that these two things are inseparable? Jesus said, what you do to the least of these, you do unto me. Well, like, like I've thought about that verse, like you give even a cup of water to somebody, you do it to me. What is worship doing unto Jesus? What is worship? You know, like it's all about coming to church in this, this vertical thing, but Jesus says, hey, what you do to them, you do unto me. And you know what else? What you don't do to them, you don't do unto me. So we can sing all we want. We can praise. And that's great. That is amazing. Because it gets this really, really good. But if all we do is get this really good, we miss the entire new covenant. All Jesus wanted. Because He says, man, hey listen, if you would just focus on these people, if you would just focus on shine kids, if you would just focus on move home and celebrate recovery and guest services, listen, when you do that, you do it unto me. That is your style of worship. This is for someone today to encourage you in the mundane of, of what you're doing. I don't feel like it's of worth. I don't feel like it, it even matters. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Whatever you do, son, to the least of these, you do right to me as if you're doing it for Jesus Himself. That is worship. I've I, I just been on, like, a, uh, if you care to listen, I've been on like this thing where like, I, don't want, I, I want, don't want to write songs just to God anymore. I want it to be about God and respond with to someone. Doing something about it. Like Pat Barrett's song. Like, open up my eyes and wonders. Help, help them to see those around me. Like the love, right? Because it's not just about coming in here and getting ours. That's Old Covenant. We come in this vertical relationship. Now how can I give it? How can I serve? How can, how, oh, there's people at my job. There's people in my circle in my life that need to hear this love. It's a paradigm shift. What you do to the least of these, you actually do unto me. It's not just some cool thing to say. Jesus really believed it. It's the, it's the reality. 
So what are some practical ways we can live this way of love? I just have three things. You might laugh. Stop flinching. Cut the strings. And draw a bigger circle. Stop flinching. You know, uh, on the other side of reveal, not changing the way you feel about somebody. When someone opens up to you and is vulnerable about their relationship with their wife or someone's vulnerable about their school situation and how they're, they're getting bullied and all these things of, or, or their, their secret sin that they've struggled with. These things that people come to us and say, well, I, so let, let's, let's, let's stand as Jesus would and respond to them. You say, but, but Dustin, I, I know their Instagram is crazy. Like, have you seen their Instagram? I've been creeping on. Listen, listen to Jesus. Verse 25, Jesus doesn't talk about Instagram, but this relates. Verse 25, he did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person. He didn't just creep on their Instagram or Facebook. He knew the depths of your heart. And you know what he did? He didn't even flinch. To the woman at the well that was with five guys, he did not even flinch. To the, to the woman caught in the act of adultery that was at his feet, Jesus didn't even flinch. To the man that was possessed by a demon, Jesus didn't even flinch. But rather, Jesus went to them. How different is that? that? That's crazy. What is the church doing? Oh, Dustin's just sitting in his pew playing a guitar. Help us. In the face of Jesus knew what was in people. <laughs> and it didn't change the way that He went about His business. Because He knew that love and love were inseparable. Just one more. Luke 5.22 Jesus knew what they were thinking. <laughs> Jesus knew what they were thinking. I tell you what, a lot of us would be ashamed if people in the church knew what we were thinking some, a lot of the time. Jesus knew what they were thinking. Did not even flinch. Number two, cut the strings. A lot of us, I don't, I don't mean to point out, like I'll just use me, like a lot of us want recognition for the stuff that we do. Like, or I'm only going to give to Ollie because Ollie can give back to me. What about those on the streets who, who will never return? See, Jesus' love was no strings attached love. I'm just going to love because I know it's the way I'm supposed to live. Verse 44 in Matthew 5 says, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. It's not love for people because they might end up following Jesus. No, it's love those people who will never follow Jesus. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. What if we base our lives around that? And then number three, draw a bigger circle. As Bob Goff said, we draw a circle around everybody and say, you're in. Let's just start there. How revolutionary would that be? Jesus at the end of His life 
Jesus spent 33 years on this earth loving people with everything. With all that He was. And those people that He loved completely nailed Him to a cross. Those people that He cared for so much. I just want you to get it. Brothers and sisters, I just want you to get it. Blessed are those who are who are poor in spirit. And, and Jesus is just, just loving people. And those Jesus loved nailed Him to a cross and put Him up before the whole city. And here's Jesus. Come on, come down. We're going to persecute you. We're going to offend you. We're going to talk bad about you. And here's Jesus. And He says, Father, forgive them. Father, Forgive them not because they ask for it or because they deserve it, but because love is what I do. Love is who I am. No strings attached. I'm drawing a bigger circle. Father, forgive them all. Everyone that nailed me here. Jesus, at the end of His life, drew the biggest circle possible and said, whosoever wills. Anyone who calls on My name will be saved. He made a way for all of us. And Jesus is the way we ought to live. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And He's not just the way to get to heaven. He's the way we serve. He's the way we live. He's the way we speak to one another. He's the way we love people. It's, it's the way we're not getting offended. It's the way we don't hold grudges. Jesus is the way by which we live this Christian life. And if it doesn't line up with the way Jesus lived, it's not Christianity. It's not the way we're supposed to live. This is the way of love. And there is no other way. We have no other option. Bob Goff says, Early on I thought big acts of generosity. This is crazy. Or great sermons or arenas full of people singing songs would help us understand God's love for us. He said it was none of these. Jesus told us friends that letting people see the way we love each other would be the best way to let people know about Him. It wouldn't be because they memorized or studied all the right things. It would be because someone met you or me and felt as if they met Jesus. <laughs> so I was, I was praying and, and just like, I, I felt like God wanted me to share this, you know, the way of love and this horizontal and vertical. And, um, you know, I've heard it before. I heard Andy Stanley talk about it and stuff. And, you know, just asking God, you know, help me to go deeper in this. I've been, uh, I've been, th I've been uh, having this on my mind for about a month now. And uh, i got to be honest, it hasn't been easy. Even knowing, like even knowing this is the way that I'm supposed to live and work at work or something, just like being impulsive, you know? Like those of us who are emotional, like get sad. We're emotional and we get angry too. So, like, I can look good up here, but I can also, like, lash out. So, beware. No, I'm just, I'm just I'm on my perfect behavior up here. So, this is the best you're going to get. I'm sorry. Um, you know, and, and just, it's not, it's not been easy. You know, it's, I continue to abide because the only way I bear fruit is just to love, sit in Jesus' love. But when I walk out those doors, or I, when I walk out of the doors in the morning, it's, it's all about who, who can I love, right? So it's who can I love today? 
Not those who are going to say, man, that guy's a pastor and he loves... No, those who don't have a clue who I am. The way that I love with no strings attached. No, no response. No, I don't want anything in return. I don't, need, I don't have to say anything about who I am. I just, I just want to love. And so I'm praying over this on Monday or Tuesday. And I got this picture... Uh, it's just you know, the vertical and the horizontal, and how does this relate to us completely, you know? And, and uh, the words just like turned into a cross. Like, like vertical, the horizontal, and then there was, there was the vertical, and then a cross appeared behind it in my mind. And, and thanks, Devin, for doing that. It's really cool. And I got to thinking about Jesus and. How when Jesus was on the cross, this is the representation that we're supposed to live by. It was an act of 100% for God and 100% for man. Jesus died on the cross, yes, with you in mind. But Jesus also died on the cross, yes, to please His Father. Let Your will be done, Father. Take this cup if there be any other way. And, and, and th this is what I came to the conclusion was. This is exactly the representation that we're supposed to live. This way of submission. This act of, it doesn't even matter. These people that I love that even nail me here. Here's the way that I'm supposed to live. And I spread my arms wide representing the horizontal and the vertical exactly like this. 100% for God and 100% for man. Love and love. And the final point is this. Matthew 22, verse 40. I think a lot of times we just skip over this. But this will be freeing to a lot of us, I think. I pray and hope. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Who said that? Who said that? Jesus, right? All the law. What is the, what is the law and the prophets? Half of our Bible. All the law and the prophets hang. And, and you, know, you know Jesus doesn't use words just by coincidence, right? Hang. Jesus. All the law and the prophets. What, what, no, they, they don't like come completely together to a point. He doesn't, he doesn't say it that way. He says, all the law and the prophets hang. There was this word used seven times. I looked it up. Seven times in the New Testament. One is uh, have a millstone hung around your neck if you cause a little one to stumble. The other one is when a serpent is hanging on Paul's arms. It's hanging. And the other five is the cross. Hang. It's the exact word. Let me show you what Paul writes. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. So, so Jesus redeems us of the curse of the law because the curse keeps us focused on ourselves and we're, we're unable to live the life God's called us to live because we're so caught up in ourselves. So what does Jesus do? He becomes the curse. He becomes the law and then He hangs on a tree. And all the law and the prophets 
hang on these two commandments, love and love. And the perfect representation of that is Jesus on the cross. So maybe when Jesus was there on the cross, He didn't just carry our sin. He didn't just carry our guilt and our shame, but He also carried, can we show Him? He also carried everything, all their laws, all the restrictions, everything that we had to hold so tight to for Him to be able to love us. And He freed us of it all. And He says, just love and love. This is where I call you to be. Cursed is everyone who was hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So how did he do it? He did it by hanging on, hanging the wall on the cross with him. Because the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And then the Spirit comes and He gives life to all of us. So we're just called to love and to live out of this way of living. Romans 10.4 says this, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. You today are righteous. Let's stop getting so focused on our internal struggle and let's look out, church. Let's. How can I serve? How can I love my family better? How can I love this church family better? How can I give of myself? I'm no longer focused on all these things like Romans 7, the struggle. What I want to do, I don't do. And this, I, I don't want to do. This, I keep on doing. How? Christ buried the law on the cross. Now He gives you the strength. He imparts the power to love and to live the way He wants you to live. A new commandment I give you that you love John 13, 34, that you love one another even as I have loved you, Jesus says, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Wait, 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 how? If, if I sing good and lead worship, that's what he said, right? Or if I, if I preach a, a banger message, and everyone shares it, puts fire, 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 fire. No, 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 no. By this. You can do that. That'd be cool. I'll love it. I'll put love on Facebook. Love it. By this, you'll know. The way that you love, the, the, love, the way, love the way Jesus did, right? That's our basis. That's our definition. He is the way. When people look at that, they say, man, he's got to be a Christian. How much do we need to change as a church to have that happen? Where are our priorities listed? Vertical and horizontal, they're one thing. I think I have time to bring this back to, a, to the church. So take, take whatever you want out of this message, but I just read this book that I couldn't, put down called Excellence Wins by Horst Schultz. He's a business guru, but he's also a Christian. Called Excellence Wins in Customer Service. Like of serving people. Ladies and gentlemen, serving ladies and gentlemen. And he says this, and I think we can take a lot of this as a church. I think we need this. How do we step into the way of love? 
He says, serving others is not some novelty or leadership fad of the current century. He said you can trace it all the way back to at least the Middle Ages. So this is talking about serving others, a.k.a. loving. You know, Jesus came to serve and not be served. You may have heard of St. Benedict. Okay, He lived from 480 A.D. to 547 who wrote an extensive manual on how monasteries were to treat those who were passing through. He says, here are some excerpts. All guests who arrive should be received as if they were Christ. As soon as a guest is announced, then let the superior or one of the monks meet with him with all charity. The greeting itself, however, ought to show complete humility toward guests who are arriving or departing. By a bowing of the head or by a complete prostration on the ground, as if it were Christ who was being received. After the guests have been received, let the superior or someone appointed by him sit with them. Let the abbot give the guests water for their hands and let both abbot and monks wash the feet of all the guests. seem a little extreme to some of us and to me it definitely does probably to all of us but you get the point how do we as Jesus's ecclesia the body which we call the church compare to that someone comes in and we know their Instagram we know these things about them we're gonna flinch we're gonna go and meet them as if they were Christ Himself. This is the way of Jesus. This is the way of love. Let's bow our heads for a moment. I want us to respond. I believe the stage is set for an offering or for an altar. And so if you want to make an altar in this place, to the Lord just to, just to help you with this, just to give you the strength and the, the power. I, I just Lord, I want to sit with you right now. And I need an awakening of love in my heart. Feel free to just, just open up your heart to Him. I need an awakening of this love. I need a refreshing. Help us, Lord. Maybe you're someone in this room that's never accepted Jesus, or there's been a lot of things that people talk about Christianity, and dude, it's just been a turnoff. And I understand because we we mix we mix the old covenant and the new covenant, and the old and the new wineskins, and honestly, it ruins both of them. Both of them burst. So I understand, man. But this is the way of Jesus. This is the way of Christianity. And if you want to just step into this way, then go ahead. Just say in your own heart, Jesus. Jesus, I come to You. I don't know any answers, but Lord, just help me to know You. Thank You for forgiving my sins and washing me clean. Help me to love like You, Jesus. And that is it. Jesus, I want to live for You. Jesus, I want You to be my my Master, my Savior. Be my guide. Be my leader. Lord, have Your way in these moments as we respond to You, as we sing a beautiful song about Your great love. May we not just desire to consume, but to receive like a river and let it keep flowing. 
receive your love and keep flowing and not allow the waters to grow stagnant by staying still in our own life. Water of heaven, rain down on us and flow through us, Jesus. Help us to shine for you. In your name, amen. Amen.